I knew I wanted something different. I hated having a boss, man. I mean, I can, I'll talk to you guys right now about it and I can like feel it right in my chest. And it was like 930 at night. It was December 17th. It was raining. I was soaking wet and it, it was a nightmare, man. I'm, and I'm sitting there and uh, I start crying and the water's dirty. It's the pipe is bellied, right? And that's normal. There's little bellies and drain pipes and the camera would go under the dirty water and the plumber said, well, I, I can't see under there. Yeah, well, that's an awesome question because that's the problem you get to, right? Like I said, we self-manage. When you're at 41 units, it's tough. Hello, welcome to the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle podcast, where we have ordinary people living extraordinary lives, sharing their experiences with you. All right. So in this episode, we have Grant Warrington with us. So Grant Warrington is a full-time realtor and real estate investor from the Southeast Michigan area, and he has a background in construction. Grant has significant presence on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and is a contributor to Bigger Pockets. Grant has managed 800 units or more and has completed over 100 rehabs. With that brief bio, because I want to spend most of our time talking to you, Grant, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on here, man. I've been excited for this. So looking awesome. forward to doing it. Awesome. So we'll start from the beginning. So how did you tell us a little bit about your background? You mentioned construction, but let's start maybe even before that. And then how you made the transition into real estate. Yeah, I, well, I started construction uh, right out of high school. Uh, I'm a third generation crane operator uh, is wow. what I did. Um, my dad, my grandfather, my relatives are all in it. So I started at 19, um, bought my first house at 22. And wow. um, I just started, I knew I wanted something different. I hated having a boss, man. I mean, <laughs> I can, I'll talk to you guys right now about it and I can like feel it right in my chest. Like I despised it. And, um, it, I don't know why I just did. Um, I was, I was good at my job. I just, I wasn't a great W2 employee. Um, and, and I knew I wanted to get out of that and, uh, tell you the truth, how I, how I did that. I, I, I think I, I saw, uh, Carlton sheets. If you guys remember Carlton sheets, uh, infomercials, right at like 2 AM. Um, I bought all of his tapes and I'm like, you know, I'm going to try real estate. And, uh, I don't think I listened to one of them, but back then they would, uh, you know, you, you could buy, you could buy real estate if you're, um, you know, if you qualified and it was really easy to qualify back in 2001, 2002. And, um, that's when I started and, and it didn't go well. Um, I had a lot of things going against me. I had no knowledge. Um, uh, I drank back then. Uh, I don't now with the help of God, I quit in 2011. Um, but I just had so many things against me. Everybody owed me money, you know, all my tenants. Um, it was a nightmare. I had to declare bankruptcy, get out of it in 2007. And uh, it, it was a very tough, tough time. But I learned a lot through that. I learned that I can still be respectful and deal with tenants in a positive way. Yet they need to follow the rules and the rules are in place and we're all going to follow the rules. So I learned that coming out of that. So I don't, I don't blame anybody for what I went through, um, myself for being unprepared. Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned a lot. So that that's, 
that's one of the things in 2007, real estate done. I was, it was over. That dream had ended, but I knew I would get back in it. So tell me this. So most people, when they face an obstacle like that, where they yeah. hit what I would call rock bottom, filing bankruptcy, yeah. having, to de- having to deal with, you know, all these horrible situations with tenants not paying, et cetera. Where did you find the, the grit, the, the drive to say, you know what, I'm still going to give this another shot? Where did that come from? That came from, uh, really, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say it was, was grit and drive, but um, really, it just, it, it, I, I probably numbed all that through drinking, right, until 2011. I, I knew I'd get back into it, but I knew I just had to, I had to get my mind right, I had to get myself right, and mm-hmm. I think the grit, really, there really wasn't a lot of it. It was just that I knew, it, it was really my why. I hated having mm-hmm. a boss. And I think that's what got me through it. Not my determination and my, I just knew this needs to change. I, I didn't like the fact that someone else could, could, could determine how successful I'm going to be in life. They also could determine how much money I'm going to make. And I didn't like that at all. And I knew I got to get out of that. And real estate was the only thing I knew that could help me do that. So after I quit drinking in 2011, started changing my life, met my wife in 2014. She had a real estate dream. And really, that's how it kind of sparked again, right there after mm. meeting my wife. Wow. Wow. Awesome. So, so uh, that's, that's fascinating. But so from the bankruptcy in 2007, yep. you had to get a W-2 job again, get a boss and deal with all that? Or yeah, well, what's it, what happened between two seven and two eleven? Yeah, I so since I was nineteen, you know, since um, nineteen ninety four is when I started my construction job. I kept that job all the way up to two thousand seventeen, I believe. Uh, so I was a construction worker. I could do, you know, I I did the houses on the side, um, and it it was a nightmare back then. We had to put ads in the paper, the newspaper. Um, I wasn't allowed to use my cell phone at work. Um, I, I'd, I'd come home from work. I'd have 50 messages on my phone and I would just be overwhelmed. Every, there was, I was in such a deep hole at that point that it was just like, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. Um, so I, I had that construction job the whole time. That, so that, that's, that's, uh, interesting because I'm trying to get to, if you remember the old story of the Vikings, they would invade some parts yeah. of Europe. And they burn the boats, which means they're not getting back. They gotta, they gotta fight or, yes. or die. So it seems like your burning the boat moment was in 2017, where you're saying, "I'm all into real estate, yeah. and I'm not into splitting the, my my life in between a W two and the real estate." Yeah. What was that burning the boat moment? Um, there was a couple. Um, one of them I can talk about was. I was in, uh, it, it might've been 16. It might've been 17. Um, I was in Lowe's parking lot here in, in Michigan, um, in Allen park. If anybody's familiar with it, man, they'll know right where I'm talking. And it was like nine 30 at night. It was December 17th and it was raining. I was soaking wet. I get in the car. I had to get materials for the, for the rehab the next day. And, um, <clears throat> I had to go drop them off, then go home. Then I had to work in the morning and it was, it was a nightmare, man. I'm, and I'm sitting there soaking wet. And I look in the rearview mirror and, uh, I start crying. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, is this worth it? 
you know, I mean, I wasn't making any money. I think we had 11 units at that point. Um, and, I, and we just weren't making a lot of money. We we're buying more real estate. And I'm like, is this worth it? Is this worth it? And I, I didn't have the answer to right then. The answer was no. So that kind of scared me, but I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I know if I get emotional here, I, uh, I'm sorry, but this it's, I can feel it right now. And I, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I know Grant is out there in the future. And I know I'm going to put this, this um, reminder in my phone and it's going to go off every year at this time. And I know the Grant in five years, 10 years, is going to be very happy. He's going to be sitting there. He's going to look back and remember what I did, what I went through. And he's going to say, thank you. So I put that in my phone. I have a year it goes off. It says, is it worth it? It took me a couple of years to be able to say yes. And, and I want to tell people, you know, we're financially free today. Um, we, we can now travel. We can do a lot of things we couldn't do. But we were buying real estate and trying to grow quickly. So that took everything we had, putting all our capital back into our real estate, rehabbing. So we didn't have a lot of money uh, building this portfolio. And we did it with very little. We're up to 41 units today. And I, right. I can honestly say it's worth it. But I'm so glad that that me sitting in that car, stuck with it and just said, you know what? And that was one of the, that was one of the epiphanies. I said, you, you know what? From now on, I'm going to, I'm a real estate investor. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life until I'm 80 years old. If I don't make a dime, I don't care because this is what I am. And that's my identity. And that's when that shifted uh, from construction worker to I'm a real estate investor and this is what I am. I don't care about the money. This is who I am. Now I had no idea how I was going to quit, how I was going to do any of these things, but that's when it shifted. And that was the burn the boats mentality where it's like, dude, I'm all in going forward. This is what I am. And it's who I am. That's, 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 that's that's a great story, Grant. You know, it's interesting. Something resonates with me. You mentioned at one point you decided this is what I'm going to do. Right. I don't care if I don't make any money at it. I'll be happy doing what I want to do. Recently, <clears throat> Smiley and I had a friend of ours talking to us about the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he says, so, yeah, how much money are you guys making? And we both just laughed, you know, because <laughs> yeah. what we're doing is something we really enjoy. Both Smiley and I enjoy this. Our, our goal getting into it isn't, hey, we're going to become millionaires. But instead, we both realize we enjoy podcasting. And so that resonates with me. Tell me this. The last time that message went off yeah. and said, is it worth it? How would you describe the feeling you had to last most recently when that, when that alert came up? Uh, I would say peace and just happiness. Um, yeah. You know, when it goes off, because I always put a note where I'm at, what I'm doing too. So I, I goes off. I look back in my notes and see where I was, see where I was. And, and yeah. it's, a, it's a slow progression over sure. time, right? Yeah. And, uh, just looking back on it now, I'm, I'm looking at the vacations we've taken. Um, we're, my wife and I live in Michigan. We're moving to Florida in a couple of months, uh, moving it, And it's just like, wow, who would have thought? I mean, I think five or six, six years ago, mm. I quit that construction job. And it's like in mm. those six years, I was just, I was just invited to, um, the Dominican Republic mm. to speak. So they paid my wow. airfare, paid me to come wow. out, wanted me to talk to the group. Uh, two weeks yeah. before that, I had my first paid speaking engagement on stage. Wow. So it's just like, 
he, here like, was this this guy sitting in the Lowe's parking lot, bawling his eyes out, going, yeah. is this shit going to work? Right. To now going, wow, dude, you stuck with it. You, It was just yeah. persistence. I wasn't brilliant. I was a construction worker. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to be persistent. I'm just going to keep doing the things that people are, are telling me to do. So right. it wasn't rocket science. I just yeah. I hung in there. Yeah. So <clears throat> along the way, when it gets yeah. really tough, Sometimes people say, um, this book, this person, this, uh, you know, so, someone or something helped guide me. Have you ever had a mentor along the way? And if so, how did you discover them? And talk about the value they added to what you do. Yeah, so I did have a mentor. I, I say mentor. It was never like we established that relationship. He was a friend. He helped a lot of people with that had questions. Um, but what I did, we bought our first single family home. It was December of 2014, my wife and I. We're 50-50 partners in all of this. My wife like handles everything. It, it's amazing. It gives me opportunity to do different things like this. Um, so in 2014, we bought that first rental and we were stuck. I had 20,000, my wife had 20,000. We bought the house, we rehabbed it and we were out of money. And uh, we didn't know what to do. So I ended up going to a networking event, a local um, RIA meeting mm -hmm. here in town. And I'm, I'm at the meeting and my wife didn't go for some reason. I went by myself. And there's a young, a young kid sitting there. And he's probably at that time, early 30s. And he's sitting there with a hoodie on. And all these older, you know, 50s, 60s people are standing around him, like trying to talk to him. And I thought, who is this? Um, so I thought, well, I, I want to introduce myself to him. So ends up, I end up meeting him. We went, went for coffee. He was very young in his career. I think he only had 60 single family rentals at that point. And, uh, I say only, right. Um, it's still more than I have now. 60. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's our relative. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was, uh, you know, we met with him and he told us, Hey, you need to, you need to get three homes free and clear. However you can do it. Uh, you need to put them into a blanket loan, refinance them, take that money, and you need to go out and buy more homes with them. And that's how you're going to grow. So we, I sold my boat, my truck, my pool table um, for down payments on properties. Uh, we took personal loans, credit card debt, uh, loans from friends, anything we could do to buy property and not have mortgages on them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we did. And then we went out, got a blanket loan, packaged them all together, got a big check after they were rehabbed. And tenants were in place, just like a giant burr. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, and then we got a check. We went forward and bought another set of houses, did it again. And then after our second time we did that, we realized, my wife said, Grant, do you realize if we make $200 per door per unit a month, uh, we would have to buy 50 single family homes to cash flow $10,000 a month. I go 50. Wow. Are you kidding me? We had debt yeah. on everything, right? So we it's yeah. not like we're cash flowing $700 like everyone else says they yeah. are. This yeah. is the truth. Um, yeah. So I said, I, we, we just got up to 11 in two years. There's no way I can do that. And then we made the decision, you know what? We're, we're only buying apartments from now on going forward. And that was 2017. And that's when things started to change. Okay. So you just answered another question I had, which is, you know, what's your preference between single family or multifamily? And it's clear that your path to success is multifamily. And the reason being, if I understand you correctly, is that 
it kind of streamlines that 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 goal of hitting you know the the 200 per door yeah yeah and the, the reason for that was one just what i said the, yep. the just amount of homes you'd have to buy mm -hmm. um, yeah. it just was overwhelming for us the mm -hmm. other thing what you know so that's 50 separate transactions yeah right? i own 40 my wife and i own 41 units and that's mm -hmm. four properties just to put it in perspective that's great yeah that's great. um and the other thing was we had a we had a huge repair it was a plumbing repair um it was the tap where the plumbing tied into the main it had slipped off fell down so they had to dig down replace that Whoa. um and it cost us like four grand and wow. that wiped our profits out for two years yeah so we're like this is just crazy now let alone if we have a vacancy in those during that time so and that was a single family that was a single family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that was wow. a single family. And wow. we had a similar repair mm -hmm. on, um, an 11 unit building we had, but mm -hmm. we have 11 units. So we were able to make that up, you know, relatively quickly. Right. Um, so that was the difference in those two asset classes. The other thing, which is huge, I can get into a little more, but just to touch on it, we bought an eight unit building. Um, I bought it for 625,000. Oh, it was a 1031 exchange. So I, it, it appraised for 600,000. Okay. So I overpaid, had mm -hmm. to, I can get into mm -hmm. that later. Mm -hmm. Um, two months later, we waited two months to, for the rent increases to kick in. We raised mm -hmm. everyone's rent mm -hmm. by a hundred dollars and it was like a 6.4 cap rate or something. Um, okay. that added $142,000 in value. So now the buildings were $742,000 two months later. So you cannot do that with single family rentals. It's just, right. it's just incredible what you can do. I um, I listened to another podcast you were on and you explained the 1031 exchange and, and what you were doing there. But I want to I come back to that. But I want to ask you, in one of the podcasts, you mentioned land contracts. And is that the same as seller financing? Or is it just the same process, different term? Because yeah. when you said that, and then you went through the numbers, I was like, this sounds like seller financing. It, it is exactly. It, it, the question is, is it the same? Yeah. It, okay. And then is that part of your strategy? Like you find homes and then you sell or finance, you keep them or, or I, I didn't think about that for apartments. I've heard about it in houses, single family, but they do that in apartments as well. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Our, our first 20 unit building was seller financing. And in Michigan, we say land contract, but it is, it's seller financing. Um, and yeah, I tried that. So our first two apartment buildings, a 20 unit and an 11 unit were both off market. I found them off market and I tried with both of them, but only the first, uh, gentleman, actually I tried with three of them, but, uh, um, actually not the third, that was a 1031. I'm sorry. So for two of them, but the first guy was the only one that would, uh, would, would do it. And the building was in such bad shape that that might've been our only option at that point. But, um, yeah, I went to him. I said, here's the terms I need. He said, well, here's the terms I need. And we just came together and there's some things I couldn't budge on. I needed a 30 year amortization cause I needed my payment to be very low and he needed 20% down, which sucked. Um, but he's like, I will not budge on it. And I said, okay. So we scraped our money together and we barely eked into that property. And, uh, we had to rehab everything out of cash flow because we didn't, we, we didn't have a lot of money when we did this. And when I say that, I mean, 
man, we lowered our expenses to $50,000. That's our house, our vehicles, our healthcare, our food, everything we had. Um, we brought our expenses down just, just to make this work and put everything back into the, into the, the business. Wow. So what, what, so you're, I'm in Tampa, Florida now. Nice. So welcome to Florida yeah, when you get Pete. here. If nice. you're in the area with, Oh dude, I'll take yes. you to lunch. I'm, you got a lunch on me. As soon as you get situated or yep. whatever dinner, but you're, you're real yeah. close. But I, I was, I, I, I love the idea because I think Dre and myself, we've all been there where you have that moment where you're just like, I, what am I doing? Do I tr persevere? And that's when I talk to my future self, yeah. like, all right, I'm going to talk, reach out to the future. So where you are now, cash flow positive with the 41, what do you say to Grant 2035? What year is this? 2023, 2033. What are you saying to you? That's like, I have my yacht off the coast of St. Pete or, or what is, what do you, what do you say to make it feel like, man, I'm so glad Grant in 2023 made this decision because there I am now at 2033. Yeah, I think in 2033, um, I, I'm just going to be saying, yeah, I'm I'm glad you hung in there. I mean, it's it's easier to do things when you see success, right? It's harder to do things when you don't. So that 2016 grant, I give me a lot of credit because I didn't see success. Yeah, we were stacking houses and net worth was going up, but I didn't see any. But in 20, 2033, I'm going to be like, Dude, I'm glad you got off your ass and got a little more motivated because that's one of my, we, we all probably share the same thing. We could do a little more. Um, but the other thing I'm going to be saying is I'm glad you built this life with intention. My intention is I want to work anywhere in the world with a cell phone and a laptop. So I don't want to build this life. And I have people come to me and say, hey, do you want to do this with me or this project? And I'm like, no, that doesn't align with that. I don't want to be tied to uh to a certain area to or to anything so i i think he'll be saying i'm glad you you had the foresight to build this with intention wait when i um i feel i've i felt when i listen to your podcast because you're in michigan i'm from pittsburgh so the housing is things are similar i had some property in pittsburgh but in 20 2000 the cold weather chased me to florida <laughs> yeah. and every time like this weekend i saw that it's minus 22 in new hampshire two degrees in Boston. I didn't even look at Pittsburgh. I'm sure it's like in the single digits. That's what I'm like. I'm so glad I, I made the decision to burn the boat on the cold and come to Florida. <laughs> but no, that's, that's interesting. The question I want to have is I want to come back. I learned so much by listening to your podcast. It was cool. Two things I'm going to turn over to Andre, but you talked about how you buy in areas that you know, and you emphasize that to that meetup group where you had people on YouTube, but I've never thought I'm, I'm actually in the midst of a plumbing issue that you described. And you said, when you do your inspections, you get the camera inspection. Yeah. And I, I just, I've just never thought about having that as part of the inspection process before you close, because I was like, that's genius. I'm, that's, I just added to my rules, every house I buy for this point forward, I will get a plumbing inspection. And like you said, you were going to buy the house anyway, yeah. or the property, but at least, you know, going in we're, and then the last one I'm, that I'm going to turn it over with a question is you also, I learned this, what did you call it? Land, not land contract. You called it release of right yes. of possession that every tenant, I love that. And 
So are there any other principles that you just learned over the way? Like I'm going to have to do a plumbing inspection. I'm going to have to do this release of right of inspection that you just learned through experience or vicariously. It was, um, you know, I, when I quit that, that construction job, you know, and, and when I did quit that job, I was a business agent for my union. So I was at like the pinnacle of where you can get in, in your union. And uh, so it was a major factor in me quitting. Um, but the next job I took was for my mentor, for my friend, and I was the director of operations for his property management company. And, um, you know, we had always self-managed through the years and we would just reach out to him when we had questions, um, because he, he obviously had that management company. And, um, that was really, that was really key for me. So, you know, I managed probably 15 apartment buildings the biggest 144 units. So when we bought our 20 unit, I mean, we hit the ground running. Like there was no fear. There was no anything like we knew what to do because I was involved in these takeovers, um, you know, as a property manager. Um, so that was, that was vital. Um, the plumbing thing, that's, that's a huge one. And yeah, any property, anybody buys, you need to get that that drain snaked. And if it's multiple buildings, get each building snaked because that's a huge expense. And, um, you want to know that getting into it for us, like I said, and like, like you've heard, we got it inspected, but they missed it. So, and here's a key, you know, plumbing should work, right? I mean, it, the, this kind of plumbing has been around for, I don't know what thousands of years or whatever it is. Um, and, it should work. There shouldn't be any problems. So if you're ever buying a property and it, and the person says, the owner says, yeah, I have to snake it just about once a month. I have to snake it. Um, or, you know, something like that. There's something there. There's a problem. So you need to be really aware of that. That's not normal. Okay. They didn't build a property and that happened. So one thing in my area, uh, there's tree roots, right? Because the, the drain line from the, let's say the home, to the main drain is clay and tree roots can get in there. And that's not a big deal. You, you do have to get that snaked every once in a while, but you want to know, is it tree roots or is the pipe broken? And that's what's happening. And that's what happened on ours. What, what happened when we got our, our 11 unit building, we got that camera and the snake would go underneath the water, the, the camera, I'm sorry. And the water's dirty. It's the pipe is bellied, right? And that's normal. There's little bellies and drain pipes mm -hmm. and the camera would go under the dirty water. And the plumber said, well, I, I can't see under there. Well, turns out the crack was in that belly under the dirty water. So, you know, three plumbers later and us pulling our hair out, just didn't know what to do because we have tenants. We got shit backing up in tubs and, and yeah. it was, yeah. it was a nightmare. That's not something yeah. we want. And that's not what we want our tenants to have put up with. But if right. I can't find it, I can't fix it. And luckily we found this one plumber. He came out, we turned all the water on in the building. It flushed the dirty water out of the belly of the pipes. And now we had clean water and you could instantly see, I was right over his shoulder there. The bottom of the pipe has fallen out and toilet paper would get snagged on it, cause a blockage, and then it would release. And by the time in the past, when we'd stick a camera in, it had already released and we couldn't see it. Mm. So, um, just just something to think about yeah yeah wow. I, i'm serious i i felt like with uh, this is a statement and then i'm gonna turn it over to andre but when i listened to your your podcast and you explained with chasing it with running with the water because yeah. 
I'm in certain certain parts of Florida, St. Pete, if depending upon where you are in yep. St. Pete, there's older yeah. communities. And I, we missed it too. And I was like, you know what? I added to my smiley list of things of knowledge is whenever I get this next water inspection or this yeah. plumbing inspection with the camera, I want clean water to yep. chase it. And that way we can see. And that's just invaluable. So I just as a comment, so thank you. I just was, I was taking notes as you were speaking, like man, up to, I felt like I was in college. I was learning so yeah. much. So thank you for the wisdom. Well, and and that wisdom comes from money. So me spending yeah. it. So just yeah. just re remember that I'm not brilliant. I just I had to spend a little bit of money to gain that knowledge. Hits hits hits. Why I'm inviting you and your wife to join me and my wife for dinner. Once you get situated, just we let me know. It's well worth the yeah, steak dinner. We love it. So, so Grant, as you mentioned this plumbing problems, one thing that comes to mind is maintenance, right? Yeah. Regular maintenance. So with 41 units, have you hired someone who's a full-time maintenance person or do you contract out the uh, repair or whatever when it's needed? How do you manage the maintenance? Yeah, well, that's an awesome question because that's the problem you get to, right? Like I said, we self-manage. When you're at 41 units, it's tough. Um, I'd say probably 40 to 70 it's you're not big enough to hire someone full time uh, because that would just there would be zero profits. So that's the problem. Um, and why a lot of people get discouraged or when they hit that unit count, it, it's hard. You, you need to either keep adding units um, or you need to, to give it away to property management. But again, that'll take thirty to forty thousand dollars a year right off right off the top. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do is we have a guy that works part-time for us. And, and this was brilliant. I, I got to give my friend a lot of credit for this because he said, Hey, Grant, I know you're looking for somebody part-time and I know it's hard for you to fill. He's like, I also need that. What if we were, if you found somebody and I had, I had somebody at that point, he goes, what if I took him off your hands for half the time and then you used him half the time or as needed? And I thought that is an awesome idea. So that is what we do now. We keep one guy busy and between between uh, him and us, we we keep him busy. It works out perfect because we want to keep our maintenance. Like I wanna, I want him to make money. I want him to work full time. I want, I don't want to give him these shitty one off jobs here and there. Like I want him to prosper, right? So we're able to do that with our, uh, with my buddy and split his time. So that was. You know, if you can do that, that is a that is a major thing. If you can split it between three, four, depending on your unit count, if you're going to self-manage, um, because these people want to keep busy and they need to, or they're going to go other places, and that's that's the biggest problem. We also have probably four other contractors we could call. Okay, um, it's not a perfect system, but I tell people, you know, I you have to have you got to be three deep on yeah. all your people especially yeah. your painters. They're like the first right. ones to flake out, but yeah. you got to be three deep. And, you know, here's, here's a trick I do. And I got a course, um, you know, I teach the apartment buying blueprint. Um, it's, it's how to go from single family rentals to buying small apartment buildings. And one of the things I tell people is, is you, you need, when you're driving around, right? Take a picture of a contractor, whether you need them or not. The, the picture of their truck, right? Mm -hmm. The name on the truck, the mm -hmm. phone number, right? Ken's drywall repair. All right, boom. I took a picture of that. I create an album on my phone called Contractors. And I just dump that picture into that album, whether I need it or not. Um, roofers, plumbers, 
painters, whatever they are in my area, because this is what happens. My wife will say, Hey, our painter just flaked out. Like, do you have anybody else? And I'm like, hang on, let me look through. And I'll look through my, my contractor list and I'll say, here's four, let's call these people, see if they work with property managers. Um, and that's what I do. And that's been invaluable for us. The other thing it's, it's funny again on painters. Again, my wife yesterday, um, I, I hear her talking to a, a painter. I could tell it's a painter on the phone, a contractor. And I didn't know the guy's name, right? I could just hear our offices are next to each other. And, uh, and I said, who, who was that? She goes, Oh, I, I think I got a new painter for us. I go, awesome. Well, does he work with property management companies? Yep. He gave me his pricing. It's, it's good. I said, how'd you find him? She said, Oh, I went to, uh, Sherwin Williams and I asked, uh, the manager there, Hey, do you know any, you know, any good, uh, apartment painters? And he said, yeah, I do. So that's one thing I recommend too. go to Sherwin Williams, ask them, do you know any good contractors? Do you know any good apartment painters? And again, there's a difference between a house painter and an apartment painter. An apartment yeah. painter is going to paint a one bedroom. Depends on your size and what they do, but anywhere from $200 to $600 is, it, you know, 600 square feet, right? Somewhere in there. Mm. A house painter is going to paint that for 1500. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And there's definitely a difference in right. quality. Um, yeah. The quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely is a difference in quality. One thing I noticed in your, in your um, Instagram post is that there's a lot of stuff in there that little nuggets, you know, in terms of yeah. um, the lights you use or you buy them from Lowe's, that type of thing, and the doorknobs yeah. and things like that. Little, little tricks of the trade. I, I love watching that. Thanks. Here's a follow up question to the, to the maintenance thing. So you grew up, you grew up in construction. Yeah. My guess is that when, as you first, when you first got started, as things came up, repairs and things, you're like, I can knock this out. Let me go ahead and do it. Right. I think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, you're not a handy guy. You're no. not a handy guy. I'm super... Okay. Here, okay. Here's the problem with that. I was a crane yeah. operator, right? So uh... I ran heavy equipment. It, it doesn't transfer over to a house. I wasn't an electrician. I wasn't a plumber. Gotcha. I wasn't a carpenter. Gotcha. I worked yeah. with those guys, but that was the problem. I, I had none of those skills. So that's what I, I tell people like, listen, if you're going to get in the trades, man, the trades is an awesome, awesome gig, mm. but be a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter. Um, you know, I don't want to be being a crane operator is a great job. And sure. if that's what you want to do, that's awesome. But if you're looking to do things on the side, then do something that can transfer is, is my advice. Um, yeah. so no, I couldn't do that. But, but the mistake I made, I got better right? Like I'm really good at, at looking at a problem. That's, that's my gift. I can look at a problem and I can tell you how to fix it, but I physically to get in there, I got to run to Lowe's 50 times in the beginning. Like it, it just was a giant waste of my time, but now I'm very, very good at construction. Um, the hands-on part now I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So okay. the problem was though, I got caught in that. My wife said, Hey, we need a, we need a maintenance guy. And I was like, well, I, I have the time. You know what? She's like, we, we need you to do it. I don't have anybody else. And I said, okay. So I went over there and I started being the maintenance guy. And I think that lasted for a couple of months. I, I got stuff done. It was effective. I kind of enjoyed it for a while. And then a friend of mine said, Hey man, are you creating money or are you saving money? Uh... And he's like, I said, yeah, but he said, no, 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 just creating money or saving money that that's it. just answer that. And I said, I'm saving money. And he said, okay, dude, 
You need to be creating money. That's your job. You're a money creator. You're not a money saver. And I thought, holy I love that. shit. Yeah. So I said, I'm done. You cannot ask me ever again to do maintenance. And, and you know, because I told my wife that and she's like, that it makes perfect sense. So, um, so going forward, yeah, no more maintenance for me. Um, and that was a year and a half ago. I think we made that, made that epiphany and you know what? It works out. Um, you'll find more people. We just went deeper with our contractor list and it worked out. I love that. So you, you just answered the question I was thinking, which is, you know, those that have that skill set of doing maintenance, yeah. how do they, what's the moment where they realize this is not worth my time? And, and you just touched on, you just answered that in terms of the goal is to make money, yes. not save money. So, Correct. right. So and, I, I love I, that. I would suggest like if people have that skill set and they don't have a lot of money, you have to work on your own stuff. You have to do these things at first, possibly to get moving forward, but you need to have that in the back of your mind that you're doing the wrong thing. So if you constantly tell yourself that, like, I, I need to not be doing this, right? Eventually you're going to get out of that and, and start hiring people to do it. Because if you have a W2, that's why, you know, a lot of people out there say, yeah, you need to quit your job. And I'm like, you know what? Bullshit. Keep that W2 and supercharge your investing. You know, yeah. keep it for the next two years, but look at your W-2 in a positive way and go, man, I'm going to use this money to buy more properties. Right. And, and that's one thing I, I kind of tell people, you know what I mean? Like, like supercharge your investing. Don't just quit. But right. if, if that handy per that handyman, right, he's got those mm -hmm. skills and he's working on his own properties mm -hmm. when he could be working overtime at his W-2, he could mm -hmm. be working a Saturday, making more money. Then you're yeah. going to get in the point where you're like, dude, is this taken away from you making more money to buy more rentals or taking mm -hmm. away your time to, to analyze more deals? Like that's where you need to go. Okay. Something needs to change here because I need to grow or you should be. I, I like on that growth. one because sure. the one thing you said on a video is, and, and I was, you said you can't eat units. You can eat cash flow. That, that line right there is like a t-shirt for real estate people. The, the question was, yeah. Do you buy appreciation or do you buy in a neighborhood? Yeah. They was trying to get you to say, where do you buy the apartments in a nicer neighborhood where you get appreciation or an area? And then I think you mentioned the uh, McDonald's. They sell burgers to make a profit. You got you can't eat cash flow or you got to eat cash flow. So I, I love those little little sayings you had. And the next one I just wrote yeah. down is, are you making money? Are you creating money or are you saving money? That's any question, if you answer the real estate with that, because right. I got caught in this one where I bought appreciation and it's not making any cash, at least not yet. But once again, I was yeah. like, if I'd have had that knowledge, like, all right, at least if you go in, you're knowing you're not going to make any cash versus you're surprised by not making any cash. So, But no, this is good. The last question. <laughs> Last question I have is like, do you, you have these little sayings and, and you, you mentioned this, and this is more of a cerebral question. I imagine as a crane operator, you're dealing in the contracts and stuff. And then you mentioned that you just had your paid speaking engagement. And how was that transition from being in a crane? I just see them when I see all these cranes. I just came back from Seattle and they're moving dirt and escalating heavy equipment. It seems like it's lonely. I don't know if you got a radio in there, if you're talking, but now you're doing podcasts and 
doing speaking engagement in front of people. What's that just like personal growth change of character? Or is it the same mindset or were you outgoing in the same as well as you are now? Um, no, I, I'm completely different. So yeah, you'd see me in there, but any downtime I was reading a book, um, I would be listening to podcasts, um, instead of radios. Cause yeah, we, we'd have a radio or I'd put my headphones in, uh, if, if I could and, um, listen to podcasts. Um, I was always trying to better myself cause I always thought, you know what, I'm getting paid to improve myself. Um, you know, I'm doing my job and as long as it didn't affect my job, I could listen to different things. Um, so yeah, I was, I was always trying to do that. The other thing, um, when I quit drinking, like I always tell people, if you quit drinking and you don't improve yourself, you're still, you're a sober asshole, right? Like, and that's the thing I had to work on. Like I was an asshole still, right? Like, and I needed to be a better human being. And that's what, that's what I really worked on. Um, I tried to get around people that were better. I tried to read things that made me better. And a couple of years ago, I joined GoBundance. It's a high-level men's networking group. And um, that's really where I was around some guys that are just incredible human beings that have been through a lot that are extremely successful. And I'm able to learn from them and to and just really change who I am internally and uh, just become a better person. And, you know, when, when I met my wife, she even says, she's like, you you are not the same person. And thank, thank goodness. Um, because I look back on who I was and I'm like, wow, it's, it's so sad if that would be who I am for the rest of my life, but it is not every day. I want to be better than I was yesterday. And that means treating her better, treating my friends better, um, commenting better, being better on the internet. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just everything. I just, I want to be a better human being. And, um, and that's, that's my goal. I'm working on that. Nice. Nice. Speaking of goals, you currently have 41 units. Yep. Is your goal to increase that to a certain number or what is your goal as it relates to real estate? So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, what we're doing now is since we, we decided we were moving nine months ago, I think. So we've been focused on that and we decided, you know what, this is, this is a, a good time for us to pause. Cause two things happen. We're moving and we're, um, I created my online course. So that took me four months to do. So I'm like, I, I can't. And that was like every day, you know, in the end I was working 14 hours a day on it to get it out. So I, I just couldn't do both. So we didn't, uh, in, in what we want to do is we want to buy apartment buildings in Florida or Georgia going forward. So we kind of paused here in Michigan. Cause we're like, we're moving. We're not going to buy any more in this location. Uh, my wife's focused on finding someone like boots on the ground part-time to run our stuff. So I don't really have a unit count. What I learned is, again, you know, I'm financially free. And here's the thing a lot of people don't tell you, like, yay, I'm financially free. That's great. That's what everyone's heard on the internet, right? I've made it. And it's like, that's bullshit. Because the truth is, if if I wanted to continue leading the life I have now, then that's great. That is awesome. It is everything you heard on the internet, right? But I want to fly private. I want to have a home on the ocean, on the beach. I want my wife and I to drive brand new Mercedes. Like I want all these things that we didn't have, 
you know, and we had to give up when, when we were trying to grow this business, I wouldn't enjoy that stuff. So for me, I'm never going to do that out of the cash flow for my 41 units. So, you know, financial freedom. Yeah, that's awesome. But you cannot increase your expenses or you're right back where you started. Mm. So I want to lead a bigger life. So what happened for me was I'm like, oh, shit, I, I don't have any vertical income, W-2 income. I have horizontal income, passive income. I have my apartments and that's what I live off of. So what I had to do was I thought, you know what? I need to reach out to somebody. Bigger Pockets started picking up my, uh, my content. Now I'm, I'm a contributor to Bigger Pockets. So I'm like, what can I do here? So what I did was I paid Ryan Pineda. If you guys have heard of him, he's a rock mm-hmm. star. Uh, mm-hmm. I paid him $5,000 to go golf with him. Um, he okay. lives in Nevada. I had to pay to fly out there, stay in a hotel. I golfed with him for five hours. And that was my question. Like, what do I do here? And he's like, dude, you, he's like, um, do you want to wholesale? Do you want to flip? And I go, no, no, those are jobs. And I, I don't want to do that. I, I, that's not what I want. I said, I'm thinking of building this course. Mm. And he's like, then why don't you do it? I said, well, at that time I didn't know if, uh, I had enough followers. I had 6,000, I got 26,000 now today wow. on Instagram. And, and he's like, what are you wow. going to wait for? A hundred thousand followers? Yeah. You know? And I said, yeah, I guess you're right. And he goes, listen, dude, yeah. he said, he goes, my courses change people's lives. And he mm. said, can, can people by watching your 32nd reels, can they learn everything you know about buying apartments and can they go buy them? I go, no, probably not. No. Mm. And he said, can they watch your 32nd reels and can it change your life? And I said, no. And he goes, dude, you owe it. You owe it to you in the past that was looking mm-hmm. for this to build that course. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I said, you know what? You're, you're right. And he said, the course is going to be your vertical income. And then mm-hmm. that vertical income, you're going to use that to invest in more apartment buildings. And he, he had a great point, Grant Cardone. He says, listen, yeah. Grant Cardone has Cardone Capital, and that's what he buys mm-hmm. apartments through, right? Mm-hmm. But he said that's not where he generates all of his income. He generates that through his sales and his mm-hmm. companies, and then he invests into Cardone Capital. He buys apartments to, to build wealth and protect himself from taxes. So he has that leg that I had that was missing. Um, mm. So what I've done, I'm now an ambassador for GoBundance. That's... Um, I get paid to do that, can do that anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. My course, mm-hmm. I can do that anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that's where I've kind of focused. And that is going to be my supercharging of buying my real estate. Wow. Grant, that's awesome. Yeah. One, one thing that um, that touched me or struck me when I was watching your content mm-hmm. is how relatable you are, right? So oh, as you go through your, your, your buildings and you're talking about these tips and tricks, I feel like I'm talking to somebody that, that could be my neighbor down the street versus yeah. someone who's, you know, this guy who owns 200,000 properties and, you know, and, and, and whatnot. Um, very relatable. And, and you come across the same way on the podcast. Before we transition over to the final four questions, here's one question for you. What's one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they knew? That they, I wish they knew. Um, I would think that it's, I am like them. Um, you know what I mean? I am close to where you're at. I'm at 41 units and it sounds like a lot. Um, but you're, you and I are probably, even if you're starting out or closer than you think. So I like that relatability. 
Um, the reason I created my Instagram was because there's no one out there giving me those answers. There was the guys that stand on the sidewalk and point at a building and tell you all about it. And then there's me who's actually inside my unit telling you about it. Right. So I didn't have the guy that was inside the building saying, Hey bro, buy this sink. This is the sink we use Buy this faucet. Like to me, I was like, where are those people? What's the difference between click plank LVP and glue down? Like I need to know this shit. So I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to try to help people out. So I, I, I think I, off the top of my head, that's the one thing I could think of that I'm, I'm, I'm closer than, than you think I am relatable. Like it. Awesome. Like well, thank it. you for this. This has been most fascinating. And the question for the final four is, so think about it. You're sitting at a table, dinner table, okay. anyone alive or dead, who would you want to have in those other three seats? Who and why? Three. Um, I don't know. Well, I do know why probably Albert Einstein, Nikola Tesla, and, um, I could throw in like, uh, mm. George Washington or something mm. like that. I would say Einstein, because I love physics. Um, I just, the thoughts on it, Nikola Tesla, because, uh, if you ever read up on him, okay. he's fascinating in the things he's invented and how he really got screwed over by Edison, in my opinion. Um, and, um, just someone from history, mm. like say George Washington would be a good one. Yeah. It wouldn't be any, uh, wouldn't be any real estate investors or anything like that. It, it, I, I think that'd be fascinating. Thank you. Awesome. So um, to date, what's been your greatest personal or professional success? I would say, I got to say building that course. Um, that was, uh. yeah, that was tough. It took, like I said, I think I had four months into it. Uh, I was stressed out. It was a lot of work to do that. And mm. I give myself credit for it. Um, not because I want to sound arrogant, but because like, it was the same, it was me in 2016 again. Like I'm building this thing. I'm putting all this time and energy into it. And, um, mm. I don't know if anybody's going to buy it, but I'm like, you know what, dude, you said you were going to do it. You told Ryan Pineda, you were going to do it. You told the internet you were going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I had that moment again where I'm like, I don't care if it doesn't sell anything. I knew it was valuable because I'm building it going, holy shit, this is like really good. But I thought, you know what? Again, doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter if it doesn't sell. It's there. And I could always, I could always plug people into it to help them because it will help people. So that's, I'm really proud of that. Tell me this. Tell me, um, one, the value that's in the course for those that are interested in it and where they can get the course. Yeah, from. you can go to apartmentbuyingblueprint.com, uh, apartmentbuyingblueprint.com, or you, at Grant Warrington across all social media. And I uh, click on the link in my bio and it's in there. And the value of it is there's so many people in the single family space that feel they can't buy a small apartment building. So what I've done is I've chunked it down to five to 10 units. I don't want to talk about buying 20 units. I don't want to talk about buying 50. You could, you could do it with this. That's no problem. But I want, to, I want to make it simple. And that's the thing I do with this. I make it simple so we can move forward quickly. I break down everything I've done throughout the process, how I found these properties off market, 
how I bought them, um, what to look for. I go over um, issues with tenants, how to deal with bad tenants, how to manage yourself, different things to look for. I also tell people if you're going to hire a management uh, property management company, here's the nine questions you need to ask them before you uh, hire them. So I cover all aspects of it. And um, really, I, I wish I had this when I started because, again, this course is built on our uh, built from blood, <laughs> blood and money, <laughs> because we, we had to shed blood and spend a lot of money to get this knowledge. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, make sure and put a link to uh, to the course in our show notes, too. Yeah. So the, the third final four question is, what is your greatest superpower? I think, uh, I think social media, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but if somebody asked me that at that, uh, when, when I was in the Dominican and, and social media came up that resonates with me, I love creating content. I love putting it out there, watching people react to it. Um, and I love educating people about these, these little things you don't think of. That's, that's my whole goal with the social media is, you know, what do you do after you buy an apartment building? That's, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is what, what kind of sink, right? What mm. are you going to do? Should you rip out the cupboards or paint them? Um, there's all these mm. little things you're not going to realize until you get into it and go, oh shit, I need some answers. So um, social media, I think is mine. I, I really enjoy it. Tell me this with the social media, do you have a team or do you do all the, everything yourself in terms of editing and posting and all that? So I'm, I'm, uh, I have an editor in the Philippines and he puts the words on, I still edit a lot of my videos. I'll cut them, uh, cut them up. Um, but I'm looking to hire uh, a social media manager. I want her to, um, work with the editor, her or him to work with the editor. Um, also, you know, they're going to, they're going to look back on content that was good content. We have to recreate and then post for me. I post myself every single day, all organically. Um, so every day you see a post come out, uh, that's me. All the caption on the post, that's me. All the comments on the post, that's me. Everything's me. I like and comment on everything I can, unless they're horrible uh, comments and I won't comment. Um, but uh, it's all me. So eventually wow. I'm going to need somebody to take that over. And um, I'd also like somebody for, um, uh, you know, videographer, somebody like that I can work with. Uh, so those okay. are the next steps. Nice, nice. Yeah. So next, uh, the last question here. So you've led a pretty uh, exciting life, I would say, right? If you were to write an autobiography, mm -hmm. what would the title be? Um, <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> maybe, okay. like maybe it. that would be it. Um, just be, because of that, like you say that you've led an exciting life. Um, you know, it, it was it was tough. Like I said, I, I drank till I was... 35 and, mm. and you know what I mean? So it was a lot mm. of going through and a lot of bullshit and a lot of different things. Um, and then hanging in there with the real estate when I didn't see any, any cash coming back in my pocket. Mm. Um, so hang in there. The other cool thing, one thing I want to suggest to people too, is track your net worth. That's a great way because a lot of times you don't see things happening or you get discouraged or you're putting all your money back into buying more real estate. But if you're tracking your net worth every month, you can actually go, oh, wow, I am making progress. And if your net worth's going down, you need to figure that out. That's a problem. Mm. Mm. 
Blackers. Well, Grant, man, I want to thank you. I, I like I said, I, I I've been taking so many notes from your YouTube video, and uh, and we really appreciate you taking this time. It's been most informative and most, uh, like you said, hang in there. Yeah, Grant, just to echo what uh, Smiley said, awesome time. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, to hang out with us on this podcast. Thanks, guys, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me. This was a lot of fun. I was looking forward to this uh, all week. <laughs>